It's that time. Christmas time is here. It's time for Support Your Local Podcast, the show where we go over some of our favorite movies one chapter at a time. I am your host, Robert T. Smith, coming to you from beautiful Tombstone. Yes, that one. Uh, For those that know, we are in the middle of our hiatus uh, between seasons. We had just wrapped up our look at Support Your Local Sheriff and are getting ready to jump in at the beginning of the year with uh, the Sam Raimi classic, The Quick and the Dead. Uh, But while we are waiting, we are now in the Christmas time of year where all of November and December leading up into Christmas, I personally have to watch eight Christmas movies that are a tradition for me. It's, it's something I have to do annually. It's just a, a, it's just a thing. Um, and I wanted to share that list with you. So uh, over the past couple weeks, we've already gone over a, a few of the movies that I need to see. Uh, we started out a couple weeks ago with the animated classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Last week was another animated, cla- uh, now classic to me, uh, Arthur Christmas. Today we're we're finally going a little live action, um, though the beginning of this movie uh, does start out with a cartoon, so it is a nice little segue into the live action versions of our movies. If you can't tell by the song I was horribly, horribly uh, singing just a few seconds ago, uh, we're going to go over National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. So this one, uh, I'm fairly confident uh, knowing what I know about my listeners, uh, all four of you, I love you guys. Uh, knowing you guys, I know that you're familiar with this movie. It's a, a Chevy Chase vehicle. Um, it does come from, with a little bit of history here, it does come from a line of movies starring Chevy Chase and Beverly, Beverly D'Angelo, uh, and then uh, a, a different set of kids in, in every single movie. Uh, but in 1983, you had National Lampoon's Vacation, where uh, Chevy Chase and his family are heading to Wally World, which is like a Cedar Point or a Six Flags or Disneyland kind of, of place, um, and hilarity ensues. 1985, you have European Vacation. Uh, this is 1989, where we are finally rolling out Christmas Vacation, um, a little... Uh, peek behind the curtain, a little open kimono moment. Um, I have never seen in its entirety the 1983 National Lampoon's Vacation. I think that I have seen most of it, but I have never actually sat down and watched the movie in its entirety. And I'll get into the whys um, here in a little bit. I have never seen European Vacation. Um, ever. Uh, not, not even once. I don't know a single scene from it. I don't know that I've ever seen a single scene from it. I actually thought, uh, I, I knew of its existence, but I thought until doing a little history on this movie, I thought that Christmas Vacation was the sequel and that European Vacation came later and then eventually Vegas Vacation, which I knew was later. But uh, no, uh, European Vacation was actually the second one, uh, and then we come into this one in 1989. So uh, it was released on December 1st, 1989, so it is coming up on an anniversary. 
box office. Uh, it had a $25 million budget. It did gross $73.3 million. So it was a hit. It was a success. That's why it, it continued on uh, and actually allowed Chevy Chase kind of continue on in, in, as a solo artist for his movies. Uh, it did end up uh, number two for the year in theaters um, behind Back to the Future 2. So if you're going to lose out to a movie, uh, especially in that time frame of the 80s when we had so many blockbusters and classics and hits, if you're going to lose out to Back to the Future 2, take that bow, dude. Take, take that hit on the chin. That's one that you can, you can respectfully take. Um, a little history. I, I spoke to about Chevy Chase. You know, this was by the admission of um, uh, of Hughes, the, the the producer of of this movie. These movies had very quickly became become a vehicle for Chevy Chase. It became less and less about the family and the and the antics that were happening to them as a whole, and became more and more about. Chevy Chase and trying to make him into a, a, a big star. So John Hughes was was uh, actually quoted on that. And John Hughes is the the creator of these movies. So uh, John Hughes, a member of National Lampoon, he had written a article in uh, December of 1980 called Christmas 59. And this was the basis for what this movie became. Um, but even in his own admission in, in later interviews, despite the story coming from him and this being his franchise and, and, and his things to do, uh, he recognized very quickly that these were becoming more and more uh, a Chevy Chase vehicle and less and less um, his story. So uh, Chevy obviously uh, became a, a huge, huge star in the early days of Saturday Night Live when Saturday Night Live was a, was a thing. Um, him and Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, you know, that, that uh, Garrett Morris, um, though that original cast, um, is, is what kind of made him be known as a national star. Uh, also helped was in 1980. Uh, he was in a little movie called Caddyshack. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, some of us have seen it. A lot of people that have seen it, they, they tend to like it. So, uh, if you haven't seen Caddyshack, uh, go, go look for it. I'm, I'm sure you could probably find it somewhere in, in your library. Uh, as we said before, 83 was the original National Lampoon's Vacation. In 85, we have European Vacation, but we also have Fletch and Spies Like Us. Um, Fletch was obviously probably one of the, the first roles that made Chevy Chase a leading man. He, did, he wasn't in an ensemble cast. Um, he could carry a movie solely on his own. Um, 1986, we have Three Amigos, obviously that classic with Martin Short and Steve Martin. Um, and then we, we come into uh, 89 with, with Christmas Vacation. So you can kind of see the trajectory of Chevy's career and how, you know, this could, this could definitely be seen as just a, another Chevy Chase movie. My my personal history with this movie and why it's it's on my list and why it's something that I have to watch uh, over and over again is because I have watched this over and over again ever since I was a small child. So growing up, we we got a VCR when we were probably oh when I was probably five or six. So you're talking like 87, 88 ish, um, kind of right around this, this time frame. And 
we didn't really have, we had a VHS, but we were the family that would record stuff off of TV. We weren't ones that would go out and spend the the then astronomical cost for VHS tapes of, of popular movies. So um, those that weren't alive back then, first of all, a VHS is a video cassette that has a movie on it that you would pop into a player and play. It's much like a DVD player, if you know what that was, but it was before that. It was just a, a tape. And uh, when they first started rolling out and becoming mainstream in, in the home market, the the movies themselves were very expensive because they were essentially selling you the rights to play the movie and they knew that you were going to watch it over and over again so they tried to recoup the loss of what they would have in box office in their own uh channels that they would sell the rights to to, to uh networks it, it just a, a, and, and and the fact that it wasn't as uh easily mass produced as as it became later on in life um but anyways, I, I digress. So we didn't have a whole lot of VHSs when I was growing up, uh, but this was definitely one of them. We had we had this, we had the original Home Alone, uh, we had a, a couple of Disney movies, so Aladdin, uh, we had Little Mermaid, um, we had the original uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, the, the, the late 80s one, or maybe not, I guess it was 90 when that one came out, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, uh, the the stories I can tell you about my, my dad and watching Weekend at Bernie's. Um, but yeah, so Christmas Vacation was one of them that we had because my family really enjoyed watching it. Uh, my dad in particular, he loved pratfall comedy and there's just so much of that in this movie with Chevy Chase that he, he loved that. Um, so this was, this was a movie that I watched very, very routinely throughout the year it wasn't necessarily just at christmas time when i was popping this in or popping home alone in um i would watch this throughout the year just because it was one of the five that we had uh, all the other tapes quote-unquote tapes that we had um were wrestling pay-per-views so we would order the pay-per-view and i'm pretty sure the statue of limitations is up on this so i i, I don't know if i can get in a bunch of trouble for this but we would record excuse me, the, the pay-per-views, uh, and then I would have them on tape, and I would just rewatch those over and over again, because as I'm guaranteed you know that I, I am a huge wrestling nut, or was definitely back then, um, but that was, that's kind of my history of the movie, is I would, it was something I already watched on a routine basis, it wasn't necessarily a Christmas tradition, or anything like that, uh, that would prompt me to to watch this. So, uh, no no surprise, no spoiler on this being uh, on my list. Some of the the, the best parts that I, I love, obviously the the cast is is great. Um, you have Chevy Chase, you have Beverly D'Angelo, you have Randy Quaid in one of his not as Randy Quaidish roles. Um, he's very hit or miss with me, but I, I can, I can stomach a little bit of cousin Eddie. Um, it doesn't go at, it doesn't go too far as it did. in, in I think Vegas vacation, I think they even God, I, I think they even made a vacation movie that was just him as the lead, which, ugh, um, yeah, it's right up there with Caddyshack too. We'll, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll let that digest for a little bit. 
Um, but yeah, a, a great cast. They work very well together. You have some classic stars. You have some newer stars. Um, some stars that would become big in in a few years. So um, the the guy that uh, from the Big Bang Theory and played David on Roseanne. Um, uh, my name is is blanking on me. I can think is uh, Galecki. I think it's Galecki, but that might be the supernatural guy, or maybe that's Padalecki. I I don't know. You know who I'm talking about. He plays Russ. Um, Another great thing that I love about this movie, as, as I mentioned at the very beginning, and I tried to horribly sing, uh, the intro song. So, out of all the Christmas movies, you know, we we talked when we we did the the How the Grinch Stole Christmas episode, how the soundtrack was just so ingrained in our culture, and and I guess the word be zeitgeist. Um, somebody that's never even seen the movie they know a lyric or two to How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Uh, if you push a fan a little bit farther, they can probably sing some of the, the Who Christmas song. Um, this is just another one of those. So uh, Christmas Vacation by, by Mavis Staples of the, the, the Staples Singers. Um, I can just bust out and start singing that uh, right now. So the, the intro to it with its animated start, um, which is just mwah, chef's kiss, uh, such a, a big part of 80s movies is the, the animated intro, but it sets the tone so great in showing Santa as this bumbling buffoon uh, that is soon to become what Chevy Chase goes through throughout the movie. But uh, the song in itself, it's very catchy. It's very Christmassy. It's not a it's not just a christmas carol from the 1800s or the 1950s it's it's something relatively modern i i I just really really love it uh the script is amazing you know you have so many jokes in there that are readily quotable um it is one of the more quotable movies you catch people saying things throughout the year non-stop quoting these things so like the uh, kiss his ass, kiss my my ass, kiss his ass. Uh, Happy Hanukkah uh, to the uh, just a bunch of uh, uh, screwballs in the nut house to the shitters full language warning um, to one of my personal favorites and one that I think kind of flies under the radar because there is so many great jokes and quotes. I love the moment when they are asleep on the couch watching the what I would assume is the Thanksgiving Day parade. Um, and there is a windstorm going on. And this is apparently something that actually happened. This wasn't um, something from the movie. This is something they pulled into the movie just for its humor. But you had a, a, a giant uh, uh, balloon in the parade of the Nutcracker and, and all this stuff. And the, commenter, uh, the, the commentators are talking about the Nutcracker, but they don't see where the, 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 the walnuts or the chestnuts that are supposed to be accompanying are. And they make the line of, oh, there's the nuts. I was wondering where the nuts were. It flies under the radar because so many other jokes are great in this that I crack up every single time that I hear that. Keep, keep an ear out. Um, and then I, I, I also love how it... It doesn't portray Christmas as this perfect, timeless, nothing can't go wrong, saccharine, sweet thing. You know, family conflicts happen, and no matter how hard we try, everybody wants that that Norman Rockwell magical Christmas event 
where everything goes perfect and the food is perfect and the company is perfect and everybody has an amazing time and all this and you know that's a great goal to shoot for but this is real life and in reality that doesn't happen mistakes happen and and conflicts happen and uh it's the little it's those little things in life that make the greatest memories as as a family um you know i to this day will joke about how my sister's then boyfriend i th- i think at the time i don't think they were married um he ate <laughs> we okay let's take a step back we used to make christmas cookies every year my my mom me and uh, and sometimes my sisters depending on if they were um uh, available at the time because i have older sisters so i was still a kid when they had already moved out and one year as a joke we used to make you know like reindeers and santas and all that and my mom's making a santa head with with the cookie dough and putting the little blue um uh, like the candy ball type sprinkles uh using blue ones for eyes and making a beard and all that and i made the comment that it looked a little bit like jesus and this is the reason for the season i'm, I'm not making a religious comment guys it's it's not a joke i'm not attacking jesus bear with me just 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 follow along and so as a joke i made a jesus head so I used the brown sprinkles and made, made the hair and made the beard and the blue eyes because, you know, that's, that's the picture of Jesus that we all see. I know that that's not historically accurate, um, but that was the Jesus that I could make with my, my sugar cookie. And we cooked it, and the, obviously sugar cookies, they expand. So Jesus came out with this giant afro, and he looked a little bit more like Bob Ross. Um, but it was my Jesus cookie, and we were going to save it because it was funny, it was hilarious, we all had a great laugh fast forward to that christmas eve and my sisters again i think boyfriend i don't think that they were married at the time but anyways todd ate jesus and to his defense he did not know that that was jesus he may have thought it was bob ross i don't know just a happy little happy little cookie here but we could not let him live down that Todd did, in fact, eat Jesus, and hilarity ensued. So, anyways, it's those little things where things don't go absolutely perfectly that we remember. I remember to this day. It's been, God, twenty, oh my, longer than that. Probably twenty-five years since that happened. But anyways, I love how this movie captures that. Clark has such a an, an expectation of how it's supposed to be. And he even goes back and he watches those old home movies of how things used to be. But then you meet this family and you meet the the relatives that come in and all these bad things happen. Excuse me. And you realize that like behind those movies, these characters were still those people and they still had those conflicts. So it's just the sentimentality of those moments that he's, he's trying to relive and he's trying to capture something that can exist but at the end of the day it's christmas and they're around family and that's the message at the end of the movie is that that's what's important um that's what you go for so i i just love how realistic even in in something kind of cartoony in this movie how realistic the the portrayal of what an event like this would be so th- th- there's that um for the worst parts you know, I, I do have a few more than I, I normally do on the other ones here because there are some some bad ones. Um, 
first and foremost, I, for as much as my dad would, would guffaw with laughter when it came to Pratt Falls, I'm not that big a fan of, of them. I, I mean, I probably was when I was a, a, a kid, um, but it just doesn't get me as, as much anymore. And it, it falls even flatter. And I hate to say this when it's not a big fat guy, <laughs> I guess, doing those pratfalls. Like Chris Farley's one thing, you know, John Belushi's one thing, John Candy's one thing. That's kind of what is was expected in that time frame in regards to pratfalls and and larger comedians. It doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it more funny. As I look back, I don't really care for it as much. Um, but you know, Chevy's not that guy, and I understand that th- this dated way back to even his Saturday Night Live days um, when he he portrayed Gerald Ford and the, the skit where he's putting the, the star on the top of the Christmas tree on the Lyrony falls and all this. Like I get that that was part of his shtick. Um, I just don't get a lot of the pratfall comedy here. Like the, the boards hitting him in the base and the, or excuse me up in the ceiling and, and falling off the roof and all that. So it is what it is. It's just not something that I'm, I'm, I'm as big a fan of. And kind of to go along with the the whole Pratt Falls thing is the 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 cartoon physics uh, of something. So, you know, I I understand it's all for humor's sake, but the 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 sled going hypersonic and and all of that, and uh, some of the falls and uh, things that probably should have maimed uh, Clark as, as the character just. It, I don't know. I, I, I don't particularly care for it when it gets a little bit cartoony. Um, and, and, you know, for such a great script, I I don't like that sometimes some of the jokes are, are just really seeing how fast they can run to the, the lowest common denominator on, um, on, on when I, I've been able to, to see it. Um, Another big thing, full disclosure, is uh, Jess is not a fan uh, of of this movie or Chevy Chase in general. Um, it's not a kids movie, also, so I uh, I, I am kind of limited on the opportunity for me to watch it. Um, so obviously, it has to be when the kids are already in bed, uh, much like on uh, another movie that will be coming up. Spoilers in on this list. Um, so it has to be after the kids go to bed. So the, the chances to watch it are limited. And I'm often watching whatever that movie may be with Jess. So uh, given a choice between that one and this one, uh, this one just doesn't really win out very, very often uh, because she she's not a fan. And I, I prefer to uh, enjoy the movies with her uh, rather than against her. Um. Seeing the the parts uh, where the a, a Walmart is involved is also one of my my cons on this. Um, specifically, the part where uh, cousin Eddie and Clark are shopping down the aisle, and Eddie keeps throwing the different types of dog food onto the cart and even squashes the the light bulbs that Clark had had put in the cart. Um, not anything wrong with that 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 scene, uh, I just have really bad flashbacks of seeing, uh, those big bags of old Roy, uh, dog food and, and knowing that that's, that's a Walmart brand. Old Roy was, uh, Sam Walton's dog. It was named after him. That was kind of what was the, uh, the equivalent of the, the Walmart brand, 
uh, for their, their dog food. And um, coming from a third shifter and coming from Walmart for many, many years, I've had to sling uh, so many pallets of that damn dog food that I, I just get bad flashbacks uh, um, from that. It's nothing necessarily against the movie. Um, and, and to also date the movie, the, the whole Todd and Margot character, uh, characters, uh, Todd and Margot being their, their yuppie neighbors, um, nothing screams the 1980s more than these two characters and their house and what they're wearing and how they act and just the, the characters in, in general. Nothing, nothing against Julia Louise Dreyfus. I think she's an awesome actress. I think she's a great comedian. Um, the guy that plays Todd, fun fact, I didn't realize this until doing research for the movie. Uh, the guy that plays Todd is actually the brother of uh, Christopher Guest. Um, for those that aren't aware, uh, Christopher Guest is the the six-fingered uh, man from Princess Bride. Uh, he is also Nigel from uh, Spinal Tap. He, he was the, the lead guitarist in Spinal Tap. Uh, great improv comedian, uh, has a, a lot of great movies that he's written, um, but those are the two roles that maybe you know him from. But this was his, uh, his brother, so it was a fun fact for me uh, as well. And then uh, two other things. I, I, again, I don't want to kind of tear down on this movie, um, but I do have to admit that of the movies on my list, um, this one does have the longest list of cons for, for whatever reason, but I do still watch it uh, mainly for the sentimentality of this was, again, one of the movies that I was able to watch over and over and over as, as a kid. I'm probably too young, but whatever. Um, it It is very much a Chevy Chase vehicle, and he goes over 100% pretty much nonstop throughout the movie. And in small doses, that's fine. And it was fine in um, the regular vacation and Caddyshack. Um, but when you're presented with Chevy Chase going from zero to 100 for the entirety of this 90-whatever-minute movie, um, it, it can be a, a bit much when he is that much more of a, a cartoon character uh, again instead of an actual real person that just has some of the worst luck in, in, in the world. Um, and then the one that really gets me, the one that hadn't gotten to me previously, uh, except for the past few couple years, is the this has probably the worst downer moments in, in the movie. And I, I'm speaking specifically to um, Cousin Eddie's kids and the the fact that uh, man, I, I get major foster care vibes uh, from that entire situation. So um, those that aren't in the know, my, my wife and I, we've been foster parents for years. Um, if, you, if you're not interested in that type of thing, I, I'm sorry, but um, it, it is out there. It is something that is needed. Uh, definitely look into it if that's something you've ever considered. But um, seeing that situation and feeling bad for those kids that you know, through no fault of their own are just given kind of a bad hand in life and a bad situation in life um, with no, seemingly no want of their parents to better their situation. I, I understand people get be dealt bad hands. I understand it's very, very difficult to, to kind of pull yourself up by your bootstraps. I've been there. We've been there. Um, we've been very blessed uh, since then. But 
um, seeing that situation and knowing that like cousin Eddie uh, has been fired since the first movie. Um, so they've kind of been living in squad or, you know, squalor uh, throughout that. It just, uh, it, it's, it's not necessarily something that you would expect to find in a very over the top comedy Christmas movie. Um, and it does bring it kind of home. And, and for that, I, I have it as a con because it's a downer that you're not necessarily expecting or wanting. Um, but at the same time, I do give them credit for, for getting it in the movie um, and not taking it out. Not, not, um, not ignoring that, that that kind of stuff exists in this world. Um, which kind of leads into the, our, our final. I'll, I'll get out of here because I'm, I'm running a little bit long on this one. Uh, it doesn't make me cry. And no, um, it, it never has. Um, it's it's again, with the exception of, you know, that kind of a downer part. It's not, this is not the heartwarming movie that some of the others on, on my list are. You know, it's, it's just not that movie. Um, I've admittedly not watched this since um, Dad's Passing. So I don't know if the nostalgia moments when Clark's up in the, in the attic watching the, the old family movies. I don't know if that's going to get to me. I don't know if the attempt at a heartwarming ending with the family is going to get to me. I don't think so. Um, it just again, because there, it's not, that's not something really built into the movie to kind of lead you up to those emotional moments. Uh, so I think I'm good on this one. I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll keep you in the loop. But um, yes, so that is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Uh, what do you think about the movie? Uh, definitely let me know. Shout me out in the comments of our social media sites, uh, wherever it is that you're listening to this. Um, we are as always, we are uh, Support Your Local Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, we are uh, able to be contacted via email at SUP, S-U-P-P, your local podcast at gmail.com. Uh, hit us up with an email. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, uh, concerns, anything like that, definitely reach out to us. If you have not already, uh, do your free Christmas present to, uh, to yourself uh, and also do your free Christmas present for all your friends and neighbors and relatives and anybody that you've ever met. Um, like and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you're listening to this at. Uh, again, it is completely free. I'm going to continue to do this completely free. Uh, so you get to give the gift of uh, my soothing dulcet tones to whoever uh, by having them subscribe to us. Uh, if there's somebody that you don't like, if they're on your naughty list, you know, forego the coal, uh, make them listen to my my annoying monotone voice. Whichever, whichever route you want to go, uh, just make sure that you're hitting that subscribe button. Uh, as this drops, uh, this should be the week before Thanksgiving. We should just be a few days away from that. Uh, so I do want to take a moment and wish you and yours uh, a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope that your your bellies are full, your house is full of friends and family and loved ones, uh, your heart is filled with love, um, and you are able to enjoy the holiday to, the, to its best. Um, and that it gets you started and, and prepped into the, the holiday season. So, uh, you know, for those that uh, they fart around and say that you can't do Christmas uh, directly after Halloween, you have to wait till after Thanksgiving. Um, hopefully by next week, we will see the fat man in the red suit at the end of the parade. And we will be able to officially kick off uh, our Christmas season. 
We will be continuing to do these hiatus episodes. Uh, This is number three. We should have five more left on the eight Christmas movies that I have to see annually uh, for it to be a a very good Christmas season. Um, Hopefully we will uh, see you again next Sunday uh, with the next one. I hope to release these every Sunday leading up to Christmas. Um, So definitely uh, hit that subscribe button so you make sure you don't miss out on those. Uh, Hit us up on social media, on Facebook and Instagram. I am posting little clues uh, throughout the week as to what the next movie is. So kind of shoot a guess out there. Uh, Let me know what you think the movie might be. Um, But uh, always um, just uh, stay out there. Stay healthy, everyone. Uh, As always, I love you all. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, Please, as always, support your local podcast.